Welcome to I Am Divine, mastering your intuition with psychic mediums and spiritual psychology coaches and science of mind practitioners, Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. This is Paula Hunter. And this is Kim Garden. And welcome to another episode of I Am Divine, a spiritual podcast where you will discover your psychic potential within by learning skill sets that develop and master your spiritual gifts. We will teach you about universal truths that will empower you to manifest a life you truly desire. We are here to remind you who you are, the powerful badass that you are, the divine I am. Welcome to I Am Divine and on behalf of Kim and myself, we'd like to welcome you in this podcast. We are sharing some of our questions that have come forward in our Ask Us Anything. We hope you enjoy this. Our first question comes from Tanya. And Tanya was asking, can we manifest too many things at the same time? This is what Kim and I had to say. Tanya wanted to know if it was possible to manifest too many things at the same time. She says, I'm kind of thinking I feel a little greedy. <laughs> I guess my first <laughs> comment there is, why are you feeling guilty? And feel yeah. greedy about that because the essence of what we are, as we know, I am divine. And our birthright is to have it all. Yep. Right? It's our human experiences that says, I don't deserve this or I'm asking too much because that's what we've been taught in some ways. So do I believe it's possible to manifest too many things at the same time? I would say no, personally. You know, I, I would perhaps want to make sure I'm trying to manifest the good stuff. But we can be manifesting from so many different areas at the same time. Because we are actually manifesting 24-7. Yeah. I th how would I put that? I think that, um, I think it's about really kind of focusing on what you really want to manifest the most and putting your attention on that. I think it comes down to as well, like I can say, oh, I want to manifest $5,000 a month in my business, but I can also manifest, you know what, I want to be abundant. And abundance can come for in the form of finances. It can become the in the form of opportunities through people. So I, I also think it's how you're looking at it. You know, at what level are we looking at? If we're getting pulled in so many different directions at once, we're trying to manifest a whole bunch of stuff. Well, maybe our energy isn't going in the right place. So, you know, if you kind of feel like it might be too much or overwhelming, take a step back and go, what is the most important thing? One or two things that I'm trying to create in my life right now. And then put your focus on those because you know what? I can have my little list and I can come back to some of the other stuff later on as well. I'm also being shown a vision board too, though. So, I mean, like we, we manifest multiple things at, at once because like if you have a vision board, there's a, there's a ton of things on there. So again, take that, take that guilt off that you're manifesting too many things and just, just declare it. I want to create this, this, this in my life and, and go with it. Vision boards for those that may not be understanding. I do them in books as well. Let me push that there. And um, in my case, I've done one for the four areas, so relationships, health and wellness, um, creative expression, and then money and business as well. So I'm trying to manifest all these different things at the same time, but it may be coming through at different levels, depending on where I'm focusing the most, right? Mm -hmm. but this is a yeah. great tool as well, because we can have a, a clear direction from that perspective yeah. too. Definitely. My vision board I have on as my screensaver on my computer. That way, every morning, that's what I see first thing. And it's like, oh, right, this, 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 and this. So it's always in my face. <laughs> in this question, 
Dana was asking whether either of us had any experience with channeling. And for myself, I'm actually a channel and I use the term psychic medium, but I've been channeling since the early 2000s. So here is what I gave some information about with regards to channeling. So our next question was from Dana. Have either of you had experience with channeling entities, example like Seth or Abraham? Yes. <laughs> I'm a channeler. And I started as a channeler back in early 90s, I guess it would have been. Um, so that was my main focus when I started was as a channel. Seth is actually one of the beings that I still connect with when I ground down to do that. But I've channeled like St. Germain, Archangel Michael, Gabriel, Uriel, I am. Like I've channeled all these beautiful beings. And for me, that's why I love channeling so much is it, it's always coming from this beautiful high level being that has so much wisdom. And for me, that is a little different than say when I do a reading for somebody. But yeah, I, I've done this work for, like I said, quite a while. I used to use boards initially, as strange as that may sound, to communicate with high beings and high guides. It's a tool that, yes, you can connect with spirit. But if the intention is to connect with a higher being, you know, it was a great tool for me to learn how to hear them. So I'm what's called a semi-conscious trance channel. So for me, I meditate beforehand and I have to put myself into semi-conscious so a light trance state in order to really hear what they're saying to me and you know I may maybe try and do a live with that maybe not a live but record one and put it up there when I can step back and just totally kind of let them come through so when I first started I have one guide and his name is as strange as that sounds and when he would come forward and come into me one side of my mouth stays straight the other one curls right up my husband used to joke like I was having a, a stroke or something but yeah, so there's so many beings that we can connect with. It just comes down to, again, intention. Everything is energy. If your intention is to work with high guides, you can get that. If you want to work with spirit, you can get that. For me, it was learning how to achieve a trance state and being able to stay in that state for a period of time. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that helped a little bit. Uh, Dana, if, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Kim. Um, I've never really done like trance. I've been fascinated by it. Um, definitely would love to learn and or to even take that opportunity to go and be guided by someone knowing it would be a safe space, right? So definitely something I think in the future I'll look into, but I've never, never really done it, I would say. And me and Kim have talked about that for me to try and, and not try, but to go into that deeper state and pose some questions. So maybe that's something we'll look at doing and uh, posting on the Facebook page, you know, and I love it because it's it's so interesting, some of the stuff that comes forward. Um, I actually used to write in, in a metaphysical paper back when I first started as well. And so I have all these messages. Actually, I'm going to grab this for a minute. Yeah. I'll read just a little bit of one so you can see the differences on, if you will, a high being versus just a spirit. I'm trying to see one where... The, the wisdom yeah the wisdom it is it is like the words are so profound that you literally you like as you listen to it being channeled your jaw is just dropping and being like part of my language but like holy fuck that was good that was good so this is i keep a little like memory book and this is the stuff i used to do so this this one is back from july 2005 and it was a channeling from archangel michael 
And mm -hmm. just to give you an idea, so what it says here is, greetings, beloved humanity. What befalls now to this planet is unlike anything that has ever been seen upon this great expanse that is called Earth by some, Gaia to others, and home to many creatures, both big and small. In these coming years, there will indeed be a great influx of changes to the solar system, both in the pull of these planetary bodies as well as inhabitants, dear souls. Many are watching this Earth plane at this time to see what will befall this race called humanity. There will indeed be many chaotic events that will bring about many more changes in the consciousness that is considered to be Christ-like, even though it is not the reality of you all at this time, but it is these teachings of what, sorry, that you are what is important. You all get wrapped up in your day-to-day -day lives, striving to be better individuals in this world, yet failing. Understand that this world is, an, is in an evolutionary pattern that will begin again on another level as you have attained the current one, seeking deliverance into this next phase, this evolution at this time. So there's an example of me channeling Archangel Michael. And if you look where we're sitting now, again, this is back 2005. You know, this mm -hmm. is what we're sitting in now. So it gives you an idea at the different level that they come through. For those of you that have kind of seen me read, you can tell that that is very different than when I read. So Absolutely. yeah, you guys are interested or not, but that's an example of a higher I think it's true. Yeah. I, to me, like <clears throat> there is so much wisdom in that where it's just like, Yes. yes, yes, yes. And, and I just, I love it. Hear more. And it's fascinating to watch, like to see the person as they're in that trance. Like, it's amazing. Thanks for letting me share some of that, guys. And thank you for that yeah. question. That's helped a little bit there. I love it. In this question, Leanne was asking about meditation. She said that she started meditating regularly and that she was having troubles staying focused during her meditation and being in the present moment. And she wanted to know whether we had any tips that we can offer. This is what Kim and I had to say. Leanne says, I've recently started meditating regularly and just listened to Sarah Blondin's heart-minded audiobook to help me with my anxiety and to learn to love myself a little bit more. I'm having trouble staying fully focused during meditations and being in the present moment. Do you have any tips? I think a couple things. The first things that I see with that, Sarah, is I hear you say, I recently started meditating regularly. Beautiful. Recognizing that it takes time to be able to hold yourself in those spaces, right? We are human at the end of the day. And sometimes those outside experiences, I'm worried about this bill. Oh, I'm worried about this person. It can definitely creep in. Um, for me, grounding exactly what Kim is looking at doing, clearing herself and grounding has always been the most important thing when I go into that meditative. And for me, that's a trance can be a trance state as well. I know personally, I have issues following guided meditations because I find, you know, they're directing me over here and, and I want to go over here. So I have a hard time staying focused in guided meditations personally. For me, it's a preference just to use music. And I've said before, I use something called a hemi-sync, which the one I use is done by Carolyn Miss. And it's tones that align the left and the right side of the brain help you take, take you down a delta state. A great way to practice, too, is light a candle and just focus on the flame because it, it takes a while to teach our brain to stay in a focused state. 
So you can light a candle, you can put some nice music on in the background and focus on the flame. And whenever your mind goes out to something else, just gently bring it back to the flame. Don't beat yourself up if you're, you find you're wandering. You know what? I've been doing this again, 30 plus years. And there's still times where I'm grounding and it's like, oh, I'm over here. I'm over there. I'm somewhere else, but I'll take some breaths and okay. Tree roots going down, connecting with the earth being in that circuit of energy and I'll just keep doing that. And then I just kind of fit into the zone, right? Keep practicing. Look at some meditations that are focused on, you know, really focusing your mind, right? A piece of fruit, a candle, flames. Great. How many times have you sat in front of a campfire and lost yourself because you're focusing on the flame, right? So that's always a great, you know, tool that you can use as well. Experiment with some different things see what works the best for you. You know, kudos to you to recognize, hey, I'm doing this to help with anxiety for me. One of the things I've learned, anxiety can also, when we are intuitive, it is telling us that we're not in the grounded state that we need to be in, right? So you're recognizing that. That's some huge victories. So don't get wrapped up on, am I doing it right? And I'm still going over here. That's okay. Dana was saying to try a mantra. Like I know, especially when it comes to anxiety, um, before when I used to get really overwhelmed, I would literally put my hands on my heart and I would just repeat to myself, this is temporary, this is temporary, this is temporary. And I would literally repeat it, you know, as many times as it took for my heart to kind of come down. But what I was hearing is, how long are you meditating for? Because when we first start meditation, we want to jump into these nice long meditations and, you know, have this beautiful experience, but meditation, it really does take, it, it takes practice. It takes trial and error and it's, it doesn't have to be super long. So what I, I, I would suggest is start with like, I know like they have those little calm meditations where it's like you watch the little bubble go around and it's a minute long and you just focus for that one minute and doing that and when you feel comfortable you can move to the two minute one and then when you feel comfortable you can move to the three minute one and it's those kind of building up that's kind of like introductory into meditation because it gives you something to focus on in the moment it's not overly difficult and it's short periods of time I know for myself, whenever I sit down to meditation, I always have a pen and a paper and I do what's called a brain dump. And I allow the first couple of minutes to whatever comes into my mind, I write it down on a piece of paper because otherwise I won't be able to let it go. I'm a mom. I've got a million things going on in my mind. And when I'm stopping, it's like poo, poo, poo. I get bombarded. So I take the first couple of minutes of my meditation and just and, and I've trained myself to do that too, to know that the first couple of minutes of my meditation are my brain dump and I throw everything on there and then I can push the paper away and I can go again back to focusing on my breathing. So hopefully that helped a little bit from Leanne. Um, thank you. That helps a ton, ladies. I really appreciate the advice. I've been doing 10 to 15 minute meditations in the morning and 15 at night. I absolutely try shorter durations and mantras. It could be that I jumped in with both feet before doing my stretches first. I've always been a highly anxious person and found myself easily triggered. So it's important to find a constructive way to bring myself back as it was greatly affecting the world around me. Yeah, meditation's a huge one. And grounding, 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 grounding. It's the best thing you can do. In this question, Kim and I was asked, how do you know the difference between putting up boundaries? 
or attempting to escape a lesson? Such a great question. Here's what we had to say. So how do you know the difference between putting in boundaries or attempting to escape a lesson? I hope this makes sense. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I think putting boundaries in place is, I think it's important. I think that it's not uh, escaping a lesson. I think that that is part of the lesson is putting those boundaries in place because uh, they're necessary. And I think that what happens is we don't put boundaries in place. And so we keep reliving the same lesson over and over and over again. So that by putting those boundaries in place, you are, again, saying to yourself, declaring to the universe that you have learned the lesson and that you're not willing to tolerate this anymore. And that's kind of what you're doing when you're putting the boundary in place. I think the first comment I would have to make too is you can't escape a lesson. If it's a lesson, it's a lesson. And if it doesn't show up in one way, it's going to show up on another, in another form. So I think what Kim is saying is exactly true. We set boundaries because we agree and understand that there's a lesson happening. So when we understand, again, our own divinity, we can see that limiting belief. We can see how it's, you know, out picturing and playing, you know, into our uh, mirror then that is our opportunities to set boundaries. So the lesson is, you know, using it as an example, um, well, I'll go to mine. My, one of mine was, I'm not worthy. I talked to Kim about this today. So in relationships, I was attracting relationships of men that were liars and cheaters and abusive physically and verbally. And because that command kept showing up, I could set whatever, you know, the boundaries in place, but I didn't understand what was happening. I was going, well, what's wrong? Because I'm a good person. Why is this happening? But when I understood how I was creating that situation based about myself, then I was able to, you know, say what it is that I needed to say, right? I was able to set the boundaries because the boundaries was about me keeping and staying in peace and empowerment. It wasn't about trying to escape a lesson. I learned the lesson. I understand it. Now I can create boundaries so I don't go back into that place anymore, if that makes any sense. In this question, Tanya asked if we have been in past lives not learning the lessons that we were meant to learn, and we keep coming back until we do, what do we do if we've learned all of our lessons this time around? Where do we go? What happens? Such another interesting, interesting question. Here's what Kim and I had to say. Tanya was saying, if we have been in past lives, not learning the lessons we were meant to learn and keep coming back until we do, what do we do if we learn them this time around? She says, I compare it to when I went to church and was told about the purgatory being in like a waiting room and when we die and go there until we do the work on ourselves to go into heaven. I guess what I'm asking is if we learn the lessons this time around, what or where do we go next? I think we are always doing the work. I think that we are constantly, it's not where we go next. I think Paul and I were actually talking about it earlier is we come to this earth to be able to uh, clear our soul. And I don't know, I really, I don't know what you think, Paul, but do we ever really clear everything that we need to do? I guess there comes a point where you have to say you're not going to be reincarnated, but I'm not too sure. 
I think for me, it's like we come here and yes, we do this work and we're constantly evolving. But I think that that is part of our lesson is coming to this earth plane, having these human experiences and growing from it. And I think, again, with the more we come here, we are clearing, but we might also be picking up some things also, too, that are kind of being new, new limiting beliefs as well. So I don't know, maybe, Paula, you know more about this than I do, I think, on that matter. So I'll speak on that one quickly. A couple things that I want to point out too is religion can have one perspective on what that process is, whereas spirituality and metaphysics can have a different outlook. So I'm looking at it from the spirituality metaphysical perspective, okay? So personally, and this is just my belief, I don't believe in the concept of heaven and hell. I don't believe in the fire and brimstone of God. I believe God is, in, for me, is an all-loving being, okay? My belief is this is our training ground. So you can think of the concept of that reincarnation, so the soul comes into the earth plane to have experiences, to have emotion, to have challenges. And through those challenges, the soul grows, develops, and learns. When we've learned everything in a singular lifetime, that's when we pass. That's when we die. We go back to the other side. Now, for me, what the guides have said, because, I, because as a channel, I work with so many different beings, I work with some beings that have never been human. They've never put on the old meat suit and come down to earth. So what they said to me is there can be something, okay, they taught me at the same time. They're actually having me bring up one of my guides. His name is Luca. Luca is a cycled off being. He is a Viking warrior. So as soon as I hear the term cycled off being, what that tells me is that soul has had multiple experiences on the earth plane, multiple lives. The soul has learned everything that it needed to learn. And then we move up to another dimension. We might become a guide. Like there's so many different places that we can go. So I believe that the earth is a training ground, the game of life, if you will. There is a being by the name of uh, Ramtha and he was channeled by a lady called Jay-Z Knight. And that was an entity that came into the earth plane learning everything that they needed to learn in one lifetime, which is not something that normally happens. So you can do some research into that too. But my belief is... We continue having the life cycles and we can bring in prior baggage. We can have new baggage and we continue until the soul has reached a point of evolution for what it was meant to experience on earth. And then from there, we can move into, as I said, different dimensions, different beings. Because again, depending on your philosophy and your beliefs, the soul itself isn't, isn't necessarily human. So some of the beings I've channeled are, for instance, extraterrestrial beings. So my soul can have an experience as a different type of being. So there's so many ways that you can conclude or draw information from, and it just comes down to relative truth and what you believe for yourself. It's a beautiful question. My belief is we learn what we need to learn. We cycle off and we become and move into a different direction, a different dimension, a different job, however you want to put it. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for joining us during our conversation today around our highlights of our Ask Us Anything. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of I Am Divine. And as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our show, please rate our podcast. And don't forget to come back next week where we are going to be talking a little bit about holiday pressures families, finances, children with their gifts, expectations, 
and how much that can play out for us. So until then, this is Paula for myself and Kim. And don't forget that you are powerful. I am divine badass. This podcast was created by Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. We welcome you to join our private Facebook group, I Am Divine, to connect with other like-minded individuals and be part of our special events that will only be found in our private community. We would love to hear your feedback on today's podcast and on any other topics that you would like to know more about. For more information about our podcast, information on Kim and Paula, our special events, spiritual coaching, training programs, or even to book a private reading with Kim or Paula, we invite you to visit our website at www.iamdivine.ca.